Greetings, friends. I am Matthew Kennedy, licensed professional counselor. You are listening to Experience Emerge. Today, we will dive into another conversation about the broken and fractured aspects of our lives. Then we will discuss how we put these pieces back together again to find rest and live free. C.S. Lewis once said, Miracles are a retelling in small letters of the very same story which is written across the whole world in letters too large for some of us to see. In today's episode, we are going to explore a story in hopes to gain a little bit of perspective on those larger letters. Well, welcome everybody to the very first episode of Experience Emerge. We are so excited for the launch of this podcast and even more excited about our first guest. Today we have a dear friend of mine on the show. He's a husband, father, mentor, and believer. He's made a career in the financial world and is promoting the second documentary from the people who brought you the American Gospel, Christ Alone. They will soon be releasing the American Gospel, Christ Crucified, which will be out everywhere this Easter Um, I'm going to have five copies of that that I will share at the end of the show today about how you can get a free copy. So without further ado, this is my dear friend, Greg Robb. Who am I? Mm -hmm. I, uh, First of all, my name's Greg Robb. I was born and raised in Northeastern Ohio, actually in Hudson. Mm -hmm. Graduated from Hudson High, went on to the University of Dayton. Um, Have two beautiful children now, married to... Uh, the love of my life, uh, love of my life, Beth, mm-hmm. and my two little girls are not so little anymore. Very candidly, fourteen-year-old Deanna and eleven-year-old Lily. Okay, and uh, it's been a ride. Yeah, it has I bet. been a ride. So, tell me a little bit about life before Christ. So early on, um, I was raised Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, two very loving parents. Uh, no doubt about that. Uh, but as you can attest, being a parent isn't the easiest task in the world. Sure. And, um, you know, they, they made some mistakes along the way, um, none of which I don't think they would, you know, not admit to. But mm-hmm. um, the way that I dealt with those was probably not the best. Mm-hmm. Um, my belief in God was not strong. I was an altar boy, did all those things. But uh, I think I really looked to my father to be God, and yeah. that was not a good idol, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, very early on, I started into addiction. Um, my first addiction was food as a very young kid. My dad worked at a candy company, and okay. we, we had free samples. And you know we were allowed to have a piece a day, and I would go to where the stash was and just crush it when I was, you know, struggling with something or... How early did you notice that that might be a problem? So the joke in our family was when someone would ask me how many things I ate, I would say only three uh, because I knew they'd know I had more than one, but I didn't want to admit to the 10 or 12. So (laughs) that probably started, I don't know, I'm going to guess maybe eight, seven, eight years old. Hmm. Um, had body image issues, all kinds of stuff from that um, uh, coming from a family, not my direct family, but uh, uh, aunts and uncles that like to point out flaws in kids for some reason or another. And mm-hmm. uh, so that pain carried all the way through my life. That's probably something that, well, not probably, I still struggle with that, you know, yeah. at, at this point in my life. Yeah. But, um, the the food wasn't enough. Uh, as I had gotten into high school, ran into some some real addiction issues. And as I as I look at um, that period of my life, it got real bad starting about age sixteen. Mm. 
So didn't have Christ to go to, had written Christ off, actually. It was one of those I, I prayed really hard to get out of a situation I was in, and mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't part of God's plan as I look back on it. But at the time, I thought, you know, if you're not going to give me what I need, mm. you know, I don't need you anymore. Yeah. So about 16, I walked away completely from, from any relationship with Christ. Okay. Um, addictions grew and grew and grew. The The list of addictions out there pretty safe to say I've been involved in every one of them that I can think of wow. um, to one degree or another. Mm-hmm. So um, some of them destroyed me along the way and some of them destroyed those in my life along the way. Yeah. Um, didn't have relationships that lasted the test of time. Um, but uh, yeah, that, that's kind of that's kind of the past. I used mm-hmm. any which way that I could to compartmentalize my life and and block out the bad and actually block out the good. I had no way of understanding how to deal with emotions. Yeah. Um, so when things were great, I would fear they were going to be taken away from me. So went right back to you wow. know the tools I had. And, and as you progressed then, what were you doing for a living? What were you doing for work? Yeah, strangely, I never sacrificed my work, but I think it was probably because I was in a career that just didn't didn't monitor it at those times. Um, mm-hmm. Recently, it's gotten a little bit more stringent. Uh-huh. Uh, but I was—I've always been in financial advice. Okay. So uh, early on in my career, focused on individuals has branched now off into—I uh, work with uh, companies, the owners that that have started those companies. I work with nonprofit organizations, um, individuals that have estate planning and and other issues of such. Sure. Um, and you know, I've, I've always been in the in the financial services world. And like I said early on. I mean, no. I guess not. Nobody cared, but we just weren't monitored. We weren't an industry that they cared if we went out, you know, drinking or we didn't get drug tested or anything of that nature. Mm-hmm. So, so was life very different in that field um, before you came to know the Lord? Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I definitely was a. I wouldn't say I've gotten pushback, but people have opened up their eyes to the fact that. Somebody can find success taking care of people's finances without participating in that side of the world. Mm-hmm. You know, it's often thought that it's a a whining and dining type of environment and entertaining and, you know, being out late and doing whatever the client or prospect wanted. And mm-hmm. very candidly, I've found that that's not what my clients and prospects want. You know, right. they want their personal time for them. They just want yeah. to have the confidence that the person that's, you know, overseeing their world truly cares about them and i think that 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 reality that truth that i have in my heart now must come across because Mm. i don't have any problem building trust with people (laughs) now and i'm not i don't feel like i'm doing anything different it just must be um evident on my eyes or my heart you know i guess i'm i'm wearing it on my sleeve so to speak so during this time you were married too oh yeah 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 um so started dating Beth uh, when I was 29, mm-hmm. and uh, we ended up getting married when I was 31. Okay. And the world didn't come crushing down on my marriage and my family till I was 41. So she, yeah, she was with me for 12, 13 years of, of the addiction. And when it all came together uh, uh, in on July 4th of 2014, Beth had no idea 
the extent of it. I had created, I had been a master of compartmentalizing since I was a little kid Mm -hmm. and she had no idea to the extent Mm -hmm. for which I was uh, involved in addiction and lying and it, to what degree it had destroyed us. So that was uncovered in July and August of 2014. Um, Gosh, as I look at it, hands down, 2014 and 15 were the most trying years of of, uh, mine and our life, not knowing where things were going to go and um, learning to put faith in, in the Lord and not try and own the outcome and just be a man of truth for the first time in my life. Was Beth a believer at that point? Uh, Beth was a believer from a young age, okay. uh, but uh, um, unfortunately, Beth um, had a brother who was killed in an accident, and a sister who was killed in an accident, and another sister who was wrongfully incarcerated and then died of an a- in an accident. Oh and my gosh! She came from a long history of feeling like God had failed her, and she finally just walked away. So, how did you guys stay together? through 2014 and 15 with where the two of you were at in your lives? So we get that question asked a lot because as you can imagine, our story is one that gets heard quite a bit and gets passed around. And and, um, many people say, you know, why does this work for you? You know, I've Mm -hmm. had, I just had a gentleman ask me this, not ask me, but point out, he said a thousand people that have struggled with the addictions that you have struggled with, you're the only one that I know that has gotten through this. And it's not that there's no hope. It's just that um, it's not possible without God. Um, You know, I've been through inpatient and outpatient therapy. I've had countless hours of work with counselors who have been hugely valuable in my growth and in my ability to be resilient rather than to look at the horrible things I've done and lived through as, as debilitating. Mm. Um, and I have a group of people that I'm close with that don't judge me anymore. So I have that community, but very candidly without, without a relationship with Christ, we would have never made it because there were some really, really dark times. Yeah. Times when I had been given advice that I needed to call the cops on my wife. Times that I had to hold her down from committing suicide. Um, Times that I was about to step out into traffic and just call it an end. Hmm. Those don't, you don't get through those on your own volition, right? You don't get through those through counseling. You get through those because in the moment, God steers you through the right point. Yeah. So at some point then there in 2014 or 15, God had to invade your home, your family. Yeah, the big invasion because I didn't believe. I mean, right as early as as most recently as June of 2014, I can remember driving by the local church that's right down from our right down the road from our house and looking at the people going into church on Sunday and thinking, look at all those people going to get their God today. Mm-hmm. Um, I not only didn't believe, but I was an antagonist. Mm-hmm. Um, so on July 26th, my wife had kicked me out of the house. Um, of 2014 and she came back and the only reason I can explain that she came back uh, to say what she said to me was because of God she came back to I was (laughs) uh, thank you dad I was living in my dad's house is what had happened I'd been kicked out of the house I had just had knee surgery and was living in his house and she came over and and said it's too easy this is it's too easy at the house without you Mm -hmm. if 
if you don't come back to the house and we don't work on this, it will be way too easy for us to get a divorce. Wow. I can't even explain why anybody would say that after what, uh, the atrocities I committed against my wife and my children. Yeah. Um, and in that moment, and there's, I've never told this story without breaking down. So if I break down, I apologize. But uh, <laughs> you're, you're in a good environment. Um, we were on the floor just chatting in my dad's uh, study. Mm. And at that point, Beth was convinced that she was cursed. Every person in her life had been taken away from her. And if there was a God, he wasn't paying attention to her. Mm. And she was convinced that if we stayed together, he was going to take her daughters from her. He was going to take me from her if we ever got back together in a way that was healthy. And she had decided, she told me on the floor that, um, come back to the house, get you re, uh, reintroduced and, in, and invigorated with the girls. And then she was just going to leave and disappear and never come back. Oh my gosh. And I, at that moment, it just hit me. Like, I don't know how it hit me, but I looked across from her and I, I could have sworn I seen God, I saw God in her eyes. And what hit me in the face was I had lived through thou over a thousand opportunities to be dead. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, there's no reason I should be on this planet. Mm -hmm. And given all of the horrific stuff that happened to Beth, it's pretty logical that she yeah. could also be dead and gone at this point. And the only reason that, that, you know, all the things I used to blame God for, really the only reason I survived any of them was because of him. And that was that moment in time that it just, it just clicked. And I didn't have an understanding of the Bible. I didn't have an understanding of the gospel. I didn't have an understanding of any of it. So I wasn't coming from a place of searching for God. God just reached out and grabbed me and said, we're done with this. You're going <laughs> to, you're going to start doing this the way I'm, I'm telling you to do it. Yeah. Wow. So you and I were, you and I were talking uh, a little bit before, um, we started uh, recording and, and you were sharing a little bit about a, uh, a point that you wanted to make sure was made in this. And I wanted to give you an opportunity to kind of, um, tell that story of, um, when you do make that commitment and you and God does take over your heart, um, there were some things that I thought you uh, really brought to light that were were helpful. Yeah, no, I'm. Uh, thank you for pointing that out. Um, you know, I I look back on my time as an addict and my time as a compartmentalizing liar who ran multiple lives that never crossed, and I made sure everybody was in the right place and. I managed to medicate myself with various addictions to make that all possible. Mm -hmm. And I look at my life now, and so many people, I think, believe that when Christ comes to them and they respond and engage, that life's just supposed to get easy. Mm -hmm. You know, this magic, holy light that comes into their life, which does, mm -hmm. um, is going to make everything okay here on earth. Right. and. The point I just want to make very clear is my life hasn't gotten any easier. <laughs> I mean, we chuckle about it, but right. I think it's gotten more difficult. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, not because I think God has chosen to to pick on me or, or make, make life more difficult. It's just that life is difficult, and now I live through it. Yeah. I don't medicate it. You know, as I, I think the point I made before was if I was living in the dark, and when God would crack that door and try to get me to see what was going on and shed some light on things, I would gladly shut the door and grab a drink or mm. go to whatever other addiction I had in my life at the time. Yeah. And 
now that light is constantly on. I may yeah. still sometimes want to walk into that closet and hide mm-hmm. a little bit, but God doesn't let it happen. And, yeah. you know, my my daughter here recently is going through some testing, and mm. we don't know what the outcome's going to be from a medical standpoint. And yeah. I would have been drunk from last Wednesday till now, right. <laughs> um, it, you know, dealing with that uncertainty, and now True. I don't get that. Right. And thankfully i have god to rely on for that process but it doesn't doesn't always make it easier there's still those dark moments where i just want to crawl in a hole (laughs) yeah Yeah. and it sounds like from what you know you had kind of explained starting at a young age of eight years old there's a there's almost an avoidant part that um doesn't want to experience the reality and and that's the escape artist um Mm -hmm. and that's what kind of addiction is it's it's not wanting to be present and and coming out of that addiction well you become really present and life hurts Mm -hmm. even even when you you you've you've done a 180 and and you've invited god into your your life i think that's such a great point because i think a lot of people have this misconception that's like all of a sudden everything's going to be great and we're going to have doves flying around us and you know whatever else so i appreciate that point and uh, i wanted to ask you a little bit with um you have some connections with with emerge and allow you to share a little bit about what emerge is meant to you and your family oh for sure um so the darkest days uh for us were like i said 2014 and as my daughters were going off to school in the fall we hadn't figured <laughs> nearly all of this out and we are still trying to figure everything out as we go but first day of school my daughter was going to kindergarten and that's when she found out that her parents were going to get divorced Mm. and as you can imagine this struggle my daughters in their most formative years had a very abusive father who you know not physically thankfully it never got to a physical abuse level unless well as i look back on it spanking children is something i don't agree with anymore but that's Mm -hmm. neither here nor there right um but I was I was a hard man to deal with and so during their formative years they were very very well they weren't treated the way I would want to wanted to treat them and that has created an environment where my children suffer from anxiety they suffer from depression mm. and um, both of them mm. uh, uh, come to emerge for for their work Good. and it's been a, an astounding experience for them yeah um, just giving them the tools to you know, I had mentioned this before, but I think resilience is the single most important key to mm-hmm. to getting through the tough times in our life. And, and God gives us that, but it's still a, it's a learned quality. And they're learning that quality to this day. They're yeah. learning that ability to this day, and they're doing it here. So. Yeah, that's awesome. So I, w- I want you to share a little bit about how you got involved with American Gospel. Uh, talk to me a little bit about the project and, and w- how it started, got off the ground, and, and, and your role um, in, in being connected with it. Sure, sure. So American Gospel was um, put out by um, uh, who, a gentleman who is now a friend of mine. Um, he owns uh, Transition Studios in the greater Cleveland area. Actually, they're in Berea. Mm-hmm. And his old calling card, and still, I believe, a, a calling card of sorts for him and his organization is working with the wrongfully accused. Um, and I got to know him when he put out um, one of his early movies, uh, Murder in the Park. And okay. it was about a gentleman who was wrongfully incarcerated for 17 years. And, and you met him before all... Oh, this was years ago. This yeah. was 2000. 
So he uh, got to know he got to know two versions of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very candidly, he uh, um, when I I had disappeared really for a, a time of my life, going through inpatient and yeah. and inpatient. You don't have a phone, so people call and nobody answers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And you know, so I, he was a gentleman I wanted to catch back up with when I got back, and um, he I, I shared my story of redemption with him, and he said, "Holy cow, Greg! I didn't know you had this relationship with Jesus Christ." and I said, well, neither did I until about a month ago. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so um, he shared with me that uh, one of the folks he works with, um, Brandon, who is a, a big part of tra- um, Transition Studios, uh, Brandon Kimber, um, had a passion project that he was working on and ultimately what became American Gospel uh, Christ Alone. Mm-hmm. Um and he asked if we wanted to be a part of that. Mm. And so we sat down with Brandon and learned what it was he was doing and ultimately what his goal was. And his goal was to share the real gospel, mm. not the gospel that um, America right now is um, unfortunately cranking out incorrectly mm-hmm. to the masses here in the country and abroad, but he wanted to to get people back to what was the real story. and. Uh, was an opportunity that we couldn't pass up on and mm-hmm. so we invested in the uh, in in the production of that movie and it's been a huge blessing for the community um a huge blessing for um god's mission and 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 what he's trying to do and and i think it's just been it's been my pleasure and honor to to be a part of of this process yeah and the movie did so well now they're doing another one. Yeah, it's already the second one is out. Um, okay. You can you can uh, you can pull it off of Vimeo right now, uh, okay. but the grand release, i.e., available on things uh, such as Google Play and um, Amazon and, mm-hmm. and and the likes, um, is set to be this Easter. And, and that's going to be Christ crucified, American Gospel, Christ, Christ crucified. crucified. Wow. So it's going to dig into the difficult parts of the crucifixion that uh, are sometimes left out of the music we hear and the the the, the preachers that we listen to, and uh, it's a difficult topic and one that's just not attacked well. So, yeah, um, yeah it should be a well. I've seen it. I already know it's phenomenal, but yeah. uh, it's already getting good reviews, and, and we're excited for the release. That's great. So. Um Greg, you know I love you. I'm so, I'm so thrilled. I mean, this is our first, very first uh, uh, podcast that we've done, and I'm just, I'm thrilled that you were able to be um, our guest and 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 share your story. And I've heard your story before, and every time you tell your story, I get choked up. I I, I can see you getting emotional, and it's just, it's so powerful, man. I mean, I, I'm just so thankful that. Um, God has used you and and uh, just think about our relationship over the last couple of years just how we've been able to grow together and 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 hold each other accountable to things and and really growing in scripture together and I I just I love you to death and I appreciate you and I'm so glad that you were part of this uh first episode of our our podcast here at Emerge. Well the appreciation is mutual. You know, I I didn't know how to be in relationship my whole life. Mm. And I'm learning it from God mm-hmm. and men like you. So thank you. Well, I hope you've enjoyed our first episode of Experience Emerge. We are so thankful to Greg Robb for sharing his story and being so transparent and open about his adversities and struggles that he has gone through through his life. 
As I mentioned in the beginning of this podcast, we are going to give away five copies of the new documentary out everywhere this Easter called American Gospel Christ Crucified. If you want one of those pre-release copies, email me at the show at experience at emerge.org. That's experience at emerge.org. Please also check out emerge.org for what we provide here at Emerge in our counseling center. And I really hope that this episode has blessed you in some way. And if so, if you would be willing to share this podcast with friends, family, or coworkers, it would be greatly appreciated. So thank you for listening to Experience Emerge, or XM as we call it. Until next time, or when our Savior comes, God bless. <laughs>